a deep dive into how work pandemic protocols influence employee behavior. It's another Wednesday, which means another deep dive. This week we will be diving deeper into how work pandemic protocols influence employee behavior beyond the work environment. What is workplace culture? Oftentimes job satisfaction comes from how we experience the culture of our workplace. This can take many different forms. Some workplaces are very laid back. Some are very open and encouraging of new ideas. Some are very driven. Some leave no room for failure. Some are toxic. And most are a mix of these and more. How the attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors of those you work with make you feel can have a huge influence on your performance at work and the quality of your personal life. In general, regardless of the style of your work culture, there are five elements that are part of a healthy workplace culture. Accountability, everyone is held accountable for their behavior, fostering good teamwork, open communication, trust, and responsibility. Equity, recognizing that everyone in the company has value, everyone is given opportunities, and there is no favoritism. Expression, everyone is allowed to express their own personal style to some extent. Communication, open communication allows for the resolution of issues or concerns, the exchange of feedback, the sharing of ideas, and better collaboration. Recognition, recognizing and rewarding employee successes as well as encouraging employees to use their talents. Having a healthy workplace culture leads to many benefits for both the company and employees. Companies are able to attract better candidates who share their vision and priorities. Employees experience greater happiness and growth. The quality of work goes up. Productivity increases. Employees choose to stay at a company longer, increasing employee retention. The company's reputation becomes more positive and prestigious. The culture of your workplace will naturally influence how you feel and behave outside of work. If you dread going into work due to a toxic work environment, you may not be able to sleep well or enjoy your hobbies or time with friends and family, and you may develop mental health issues. If your time at work is pleasant and inspiring, it can encourage you to connect with others, build healthy habits, and spend time on your favorite activities. Work-life balance. The work-life balance struggle has been at the forefront of conversations about jobs for the last couple of decades. A recent series of interviews with mid- and senior-level managers at two global firms found that for those who felt they were able to successfully achieve a good work-life balance, the key was to view the process of finding that balance as a cycle instead of a one-time solution. Our personal and professional lives do not remain static. We take on new tasks. Children grow. We or our loved ones experience health challenges. We may move. We may get promoted or any one of a number of life changes. This means that we must constantly reevaluate whether or not we currently have a good work-life balance. And if we do not, what we need to do to get to one. It is important to realize that a good work-life balance does not mean that there is an equal balance between work and the rest of your life, reality is much more complicated than that. Instead, it can be helpful to think of it as finding a healthy way to balance all of the aspects of your life with the goal of avoiding burnout and minimizing stress. Finding this life balance is something that everyone can strive for, whether they have a job or not. Some essential practices to keep in mind when you consider your life balance are getting enough sleep, engaging in physical activity, spending time on mental recovery, such as meditation or practicing mindfulness, with the goal to help you regain focus and clarity, recovering socially through positive social interactions, taking a moment to identify and give thanks for positive, meaningful experiences, how we react to being sick, a deep dive into how work pandemic protocols influence employee behavior. It's another Wednesday, which means another deep dive. This week we will be diving deeper into how work pandemic protocols influence employee behavior beyond the work environment. What is workplace culture? Oftentimes job satisfaction comes from how we experience the culture of our workplace. This can take many different forms. Some workplaces are very laid back. Some are very open and encouraging of new ideas. Some are very driven. Some leave no room for failure. Some are toxic. And most are a mix of these and more. 
how the attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors of those you work with make you feel can have a huge influence on your performance at work and the quality of your personal life. In general, regardless of the style of your work culture, there are five elements that are part of a healthy workplace culture. Accountability, everyone is held accountable for their behavior, fostering good teamwork, open communication, trust, and responsibility. Equity, recognizing that everyone in the company has value, everyone is given opportunities, and there is no favoritism. Expression, everyone is allowed to express their own personal style to some extent. Communication, open communication allows for the resolution of issues or concerns, the exchange of feedback, the sharing of ideas, and better collaboration. Recognition, recognizing and rewarding employees' successes as well as encouraging employees to use their talents. Having a healthy workplace culture leads to many benefits for both the company and employees. Companies are able to attract better candidates who share their vision and priorities. Employees experience greater happiness and growth. The quality of work goes up. Productivity increases. Employees choose to stay at a company longer, increasing employee retention. The company's reputation becomes more positive and prestigious. The culture of your workplace will naturally influence how you feel and behave outside of work. If you dread going into work due to a toxic work environment, you may not be able to sleep well or enjoy your hobbies or time with friends and family, and you may develop mental health issues. If your time at work is pleasant and inspiring, it can encourage you to connect with others, build healthy habits, and spend time on your favorite activities. Work-life balance The work-life balance struggle has been at the forefront of conversations about jobs for the last couple of decades. A recent series of interviews with mid- and senior-level managers at two global firms found that for those who felt they were able to successfully achieve a good work-life balance, the key was to view the process of finding that balance as a cycle instead of a one-time solution. Our personal and professional lives do not remain static. We take on new tasks, children grow, we or our loved ones experience health challenges, we may move, we may get promoted, or any one of a number of life changes. This means that we must constantly reevaluate whether or not we currently have a good work-life balance, and, if we do not, what we need to do to get to one. It is important to realize that a good work-life balance does not mean that there is an equal balance between work and the rest of your life, reality is much more complicated than that. Instead, it can be helpful to think of it as finding a healthy way to balance all of the aspects of your life with the goal of avoiding burnout and minimizing stress. Finding this life balance is something that everyone can strive for, whether they have a job or not. Some essential practices to keep in mind when you consider your life balance are getting enough sleep, engaging in physical activity, spending time on mental recovery, such as meditation or practicing mindfulness, with the goal to help you regain focus and clarity, recovering socially through positive social interactions, taking a moment to identify and give thanks for positive, meaningful experiences, how we react to being sick, one of the most tangible changes to the work environment brought about by COVID-19 is the sharp increase in people working from home. Recent studies have found that as many as one-third of employees would quit their jobs if they can no longer work remotely once pandemic restrictions are lifted. 11% have already negotiated a permanent option to work from home for their position. Even before the pandemic, the Society for Human Resource Management found that there was a large increase in the number of employers taking advantage of remote and distributed work options. In a 2019 article, SHRM explored how the shift to more remote work has led to a surge in the development and evolution of technologies that allow for better remote collaboration. Although many employers and employees were forced into a working-from-home situation, it has had the good fortune to mesh nicely with the new attitudes towards sickness that have developed as a result of the pandemic. Remote work allows people to still contribute to their teams even if they are not feeling well enough to go into the office 
and risk spreading their illness to others. While there is an argument to be made that it would be better to avoid working altogether when one is sick, this provides a compromise between our societal conditioning and our wellness priorities. With such a rise in telecommuting, researchers are eager to examine the costs and benefits of working from home. So far, studies have found that there are many small but tangible benefits to remote work, with few downsides. These benefits include increased happiness and productivity for people who work from home. Naturally, some jobs are better suited for telecommuting than others and some people will simply prefer keeping their home and work concretely separate by doing little if any work from home. Companies and governments will need to build in more support for remote work and create or modify policies to adjust for this new work model. What we may see is an even larger increase in hybrid work schedules, such as employees working in the office three days out of the workweek and telecommuting for the remaining two days. To get a better idea of what researchers will be focusing on with this change in work structure, we can look at the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology's Top 10 Work Trends for 2021. Work-life integration, team effectiveness across virtual and distributed environments, remote work and flexible work arrangements, and employee health, well-being, wellness, and safety all made the list. The emphasis on remote work and employee well-being sends a clear message. Remote work and a focus on health are here to stay. The Human Factors Connection Buffer's 2021 State of Remote Work report found that over 97% of people who currently work remotely would like to continue to telecommute, at least some of the time, and would recommend remote work to others. The greatest benefits to working from home were found to be flexible scheduling and the flexibility to work from anywhere, followed closely by not having to commute. The biggest struggles with telecommuting were not being able to unplug, difficulties with collaboration and communication, loneliness, distractions at home, and staying motivated. With remote work being received so favorably, we can predict that we will need to address the challenges it presents and examine how to take advantage of its benefits. Those of us in the human factors field will need to consider how we can help users across all platforms unplug, or at least feel like they are unplugging. This might come in the form of timers, alerts to urge users to take screen breaks, immersing yourself in virtual reality, or deliberately creating technology-free areas similar to electronic fences or dead zones. Virtual collaboration and communication technology are rapidly advancing with the spike in users they have experienced over the past year. This provides ample opportunity for human factors innovation and experimentation in these areas. With the expected continuation of remote work, this will likely be a steady area of research and work for those interested in helping telecommuting employees work together better. Loneliness creates similar opportunities. We know of many of the downsides to social media. How can we take what we have learned and meld it with virtual communication tools to help people come together? We recently discussed COVID-19 and cave syndrome, or the fear people have of re-entering society after prolonged isolation, so we know that loneliness is a challenge that extends beyond remote workers. Our deep dive into the topic suggested taking small steps to help ease anxiety around social interactions. Similar thinking can be applied here. How can we build opportunities for interaction into the products, services, and environments we help design? Human factors knowledge can also help us guide remote workers in their quest to decrease the distractions they deal with at home. We can assist them with designing their work environment to be comfortable, personal while still encouraging productivity and more separate from the rest of their home. Suggestions can also be made with how to set up systems to let other household members know when extra quiet time is needed, such as on conference calls or if they can enter the workspace. Motivation is an important concept in human factors research and is a big concern for employees and managers alike when it comes to working from home. How can we apply our knowledge of what motivates us to remote work? 
we might look at how to integrate rewards in products or homework environments, how to break down tasks into smaller challenges to keep workers engaged, or experiment with scheduling and collaboration methods. Additionally, Zoom fatigue is a very real challenge for telecommuters. We can help by clearly outlining the maximum length for Zoom meetings, when breaks should be taken during virtual meetings, how many Zoom meetings can be scheduled per day before negatively impacting productivity, and how to know when something should be a virtual meeting, email, or a quick message. Fortunately, data is being collected and attitudes are shifting to embrace a decrease in the number of meetings workers must attend, and there is a push for shorter meetings if they are required. As remote work and the emphasis on health continue, there will be more opportunities to discover how we can leverage both to create better lives for people through the products, services, and environments we help design. It is an exciting and optimistic time to be in Human Factors. For more Human Factors cast content, check back every Tuesday for our news roundups and join us on Twitch every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. PST our weekly podcast. If you haven't already, join us on Slack and Discord or on any of our social media communities. Technology in our world is evolving at a phenomenal pace. And keeping up with what that means in the Human Factors world can be challenging. That's where Human Factors Cast comes in. Human Factors Cast is a weekly podcast that highlights and breaks down stories that are chosen by you, the Human Factors community. Each week, a panel made up of Human Factors practitioners, UX specialists, and engineers sit down to discuss a weekly dose of knowledge that keeps you up to date with the latest areas of interest. New York State is giving out hundreds of robots as companions for the elderly. Buttons in cars are safer and quicker to use than touchscreen. A prototype just achieved a major milestone that actually fits the description of a flying car. The show provides perspective based on experiences from different domains and different industries. We even cover some of the hottest conferences in the field. On this episode, we're recapping EHF, Ergonomics and Human Factors Conference, Neuroergonomics Conference, Human Factors and Ergonomics Society, uh, UXPA International, the International Symposium on Human Factors and Ergonomics in Healthcare, and we have the best guests. I'm joined today by Chris Reed, Micah Inslee, Farzan Sassen Gohar, Joe Keebler, Peter and Gabby Hancock. We have a dedicated community of listeners that engage with the show and contribute to the topics discussed. Join me, Nick Rome. And me, Barry Kirby. Every Friday morning when Human Factors Cast drops on YouTube and your favorite podcast directory. And remember, it, it depends. depends. Are you tired of boring lectures and textbooks on Human Factors and UX? Well, grab your headphones and get ready for a wild ride with the Human Factors Minute Podcast. Each minute is like a mini crash course packed with valuable insights and information on various organizations, conferences, usability methods, theories, models, certifications, tools, and much more. We'll take you on a journey through the fascinating world of human factors, from the ancient history to the latest trends and developments. Listen in as we explore the field and discover new ways to enhance the user experience. From the think aloud protocol to the critical incident technique, focus groups, iterative design, we'll make sure that you're the smartest person in the room. Tune in on the 10th, the 20th, and the last day of every month for a new and interesting tidbit related to human factors. Don't miss out on the Human Factors Minute podcast, your ultimate source for all things human factors.